You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about. Yes, Peter Vera. In our free time, the Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support the show, just go to patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Now, thank you for listening to episode 141, Mad Love, the first ever Valentine's Day special here on the Batman Book Club. Um, what a crazy coincidence that this just so happened to work out. Joining me for this episode, for this discussion, is a man who's all about love, uh, making his triumphant return to the show since episode 36. Back uh, in Christmas time of 2020, covering one of my favorite Batman stories of all time, Batman Noel. From the Four Comic Junkies podcast, it's JJ Hodges. Hello, JJ. Welcome back to the Batman Book Club. Oh, thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, yeah, so I guess in uh, in three years, I'll be on like a St. Paddy's Day episode, maybe. We'll do that next. Yeah, yeah. So. I think um, I got to do some digging and we'll see. We'll see. Uh-oh, it's holiday. If you're holiday theme, watch your back, JJ. Oh boy. Somebody's <laughs> somebody's oh coming. Boy. Somebody's it's... coming. I don't know if you want that honor. No, I, I, I don't I don't want Gilda Dent looking after me or possibly Alberto Falcone. Okay. Either so one we'll of just, them. Stay away from me. <laughs> just do a, a day that's like you know, June seventeenth. Shit, that'll end up being a father's day one of these years. Damn it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, there hell. is a really good, there is a really good Tom Taylor Father's Day issue with uh, Bruce and Alfred. Yeah, uh, but trying to avoid holidays, I I'm not trying to be the one that's liable for your incoming murder. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, you know what? If that's the case, I'll make sure that everyone knows it was you. <laughs> okay. If you gotta go, go with a smile. But I'm really happy that for this very first ever Valentine's Day special, we're keeping the mood up and happy and joyful. Talking about your uh, pending doom. But let's let's just go ahead. and. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of fitting considering the story we're about to talk about. Oh, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good, um, like some dark humor. Talking. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to change. Let's not talk about your death. You're alive today. You're here. We're going to talk about Batman Mad Love. Now, this story, released in 1993, the end of 1993, written by Paul Dini, with a story by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm, um, art by Bruce Timm. You know this duo from Batman the Animated Series. The, uh, the actual issue was the Batman Adventures, Mad Love. It was a special. Um, 
released physically. It's been collected in multiple hardcovers. It's been collected in a trade paperback. It is those collections uh, are available on my favorite app of all time, Hoopla. It's available digitally as its own special. It's available in multiple varieties in DC Universe, Infinite Ultra. Uh, JJ, for this discussion, which version did you read? I read the uh, DC Universe Infinite, which is still too many words. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, DC Universe Infinite Ultra. Yeah. Oh, you went, <laughs> yeah, you I went read Ultra. that. I went, I went that route uh, with it uh, because I was um at work and <laughs> and had uh had some downtime so i pulled up the website while i was at work excellent I mean, te- and te- technically i didn't have the downtime but i made it so. yeah <laughs> yeah priorities the i know that i looked this up on the infinite infinite has the 64 page special on its own i believe ultra has the mad love and others stories or it's the mad love deluxe edition i forget which which version of those. So, I mean, you, at least you have a choice. Um, for me, I read, I have a hardcover. The first one that was released in 2009, Mad Love and Other Stories. Uh, on Hoopla, there's in 2015, it was uh, the Mad Love Deluxe Edition was released. And inside of that is actually really cool. As what was collected in my version, the Mad Love and Other Stories uh, has a foreword and then commentary from Bill T- uh, Bill. Bruce Tim, and then also has with the, some of the other stories. Uh, there's more commentary at the end of the book from Bruce Tim. Well, the deluxe edition in 2015 was just strictly about Mad Love, but it's really cool because it it has the full story, and then also has like a colored version. But then Bruce Tim's like his pages. Well, there, I think there's a black and white version included and then like colored version with all of his notes to the colorist included in it too so it's actually something that i i found on when i found on hoopla it was actually really cool to just kind of like look look through the process and read some of his notes and stuff so track that down if if you're interested in looking into some of that extras because i'm always all about extras especially for a story like this now jj do you by chance remember the first time that you read the story um i i do actually it was um I must have been, uh, I want to say, so it came out in 93, so it must have, it must have been around that time, like yeah. 90, 94, 95-ish, maybe, or maybe a little bit later, um, <clears throat> because uh, I remember, because I, I, and I still have it upstairs, actually, the, the first time it was released, the cover with, uh, like, the big Harley and Joker and Batman are kind of on either side of her, um, and and I thought it was such a striking cover, and I would, you know, obviously as kids, we were, you know, you and me both, I'm sure, were giant fans of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I remember seeing that and going, oh, cool, it's it, you know, it's Harley Quinn and and Batman and all that, and and reading it, and really like even as a kid, going like, wow, this is really good, and and then like as you know, doing like spring cleaning or whatever, every now and then it would pop back up, and as I got older, going, oh my god, this is way more mature than the uh, the animated series was and and the animated series that that show got pretty dang mature you know yeah um and i just i just remember being totally captivated by it and and i and i really remember that the back cover having uh uh having reviews by 
uh, like like one sentence reviews by Mark Hamill and Frank Miller, and I really want to say John Goodman, but I could be wrong about that. But uh, and and they were all praising it, saying like it was like the one of the greatest Batman stories they had ever read, and I just and I thought like. Like, oh my gosh, like if, if Mark Hamill and Frank Miller are saying it, then this has to be good, you know? If John like, Goodman is saying this, yeah, <laughs> then it's got to be true. I need to track that yeah. down and confirm this because that might be one of my favorite quote or pull quotes I've ever seen then. John Goodman loves mad love. So we'll we'll look we'll look into that. But anyways, carry on. Yeah. Um, but but you know, it, and and I just remember thinking it was so cool that it was, you know, drawn just like the show. And so, you know, it, it made it that much easier to hear, you know, the actors' voices in my head when I'm reading through it, and uh, and then when they eventually adapted it a few years later, I I was always the, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit, but I was always super bummed that they they adapted it in the new Batman Adventures because I really, you know, I I love the new Batman Adventures, but like the I felt the Batman and the Joker looked so much better in the animated series, and I so I was like super bummed that. that we didn't get that version of it, but at the same time, it's it's still pretty pretty darn cool to have, you know, it, it come to life and that literally hear Mark Hamill, Arlene Sorkin, and uh, and Kevin Conroy saying these lines from the comic, and I'm sitting there going, like they're saying all the lines. That's so cool, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I have difficulty nailing down when I read this because though, so I don't have the actual the physical issue. Mm-hmm. I this. Mad Love and other stories that was released. It says in here that it was released in 2009. I bought it as soon as I, as soon as it came out. But it's like, I already, I knew this story already. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I can't, I can't pinpoint when I read this for the first time. It's completely, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't even guess. It's just, it's a story that I've always known. So, I, I know I've said that that you know from a small town I wasn't I didn't have like a comic shop nearby or anything so it's not like I was getting uh, comics monthly growing up in the 90s or anything like that so I just it kind of blows my mind as I was sitting here trying to think about that of when did I read this for the first time because I know I didn't read it in 2009 for the first time um, so I mean epic fail on that on that part I have no idea when I read this story so yeah, it it's funny you mentioned in the 2009 when when they re, uh, when they re-released the show or the show uh the, the book uh um, yeah because i remember going to my comic book store at the time and because i thought i lost that 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 one i was talking about that that uh mad love comic and i was like well gosh you're like you know and at the time there was no dc universe infinite ultra extra special infinite infinite names <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll go to them and I'll, I'll put it on my pull list and they'll order me a new one. And uh, and then I and then I found it like a few days later. Like, oh, my gosh, here it is. Like, I was wondering what happened to this buried under some something or another. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it was like a couple weeks later when I went to the store and, you know, picked up my stuff. I think it was the same day. Oh, so that must have been 2011 then, because I'm pretty sure I got it. The same day I got Flashpoint number five and Justice League number one when the new fifty two started, and you know, so they ordered it special for me, and uh, and I remember they they like pulled it out. They're like, "Hey, we got that for you," and I was like, "No, no, well now I have to buy it because 
I don't want to be a jerk and be like, well, I found my coffee, so I don't need this anymore because they went through some trouble and, you know, support small businesses and all that. Mm -hmm. So then I had two copies. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky! <laughs> uh, third question. Yes. Before we hop into the discussion on this book, why Mad Love? I, I you know, I've always had a special place in my heart for the animated series and mm -hmm. it and I loved that even, even younger I, I recognized that it was it was written and drawn by the by the creators right like by Paul Dini and first Tim yeah so it, it just it made it extra special because a lot of those I, I remember even as a kid that the, the tie-in comics like the, the the new Batman adventures or Batman Gotham adventures whatever they were called I, uh, and same with like the Batman Beyond comic that was in conjunction with the Batman Beyond TV show. I, I never liked those. I was like, these just feel inferior to the actual show. So reading something like this, I was like, oh, this this is written and drawn by the people. So it's not going. So it's going to be great. It's going to be better than your average, you know, Batman adventure comic book. And I really loved that. And it's it, the stories just always stuck with me. I, I I can't even really explain why, other than I I just have always loved Harley Quinn. And this story, there's something about you know. I remember asking this on my show years ago uh, with uh, my friend Corey, and saying, <clears throat> you know, what to you makes a great Batman story? And he said that he thought the villains made for a great Batman story. And I said most of the best Batman stories were tragedies. And in the, in this case, it, this is both, isn't it? You know, you get a really tragic origin for Harley Quinn, um, and even her ending is is fairly tragic, um, or like I don't know, maybe bittersweet would be a better word. Um, but then also, you know, learning her origin and and getting an insight into the Joker and and how Batman, you know, and we'll get into all that later. But like Batman just kind of one-upping her and the Joker, like playing them against each other um, is really, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's so, it's so amazing. And I love the, you know, we don't need the, the blue beam in the sky stakes at the end of the thing, right? It's just, <laughs> it, you know, it's just between these three characters and yet it feels enormous, at, at least in my mind, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. It's a more... It's like a personal touch. It's more involved. Yeah. It's not uh, zoomed out looking a bug, massive epic or something like that. It's like, no, it's down on the ground. It's, you know, it's right there next to these three characters. So mm -hmm. um, I'd say that that's definitely like I, I agree with you that that's definitely a strength in the book. And then also a strength of the book is that it's written by Paul Dini. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that man, you just thought he created Batman for how good he is. And I don't know if you've read it. There's there's two other like versions of this story, at least uh, in the you know written um, book medium. And the one is the novelization that's by Paul Dini and Pat uh, Cadigan. I don't know if you've read that novel. Um, uh, no, I I don't think I knew that there was an actual like novel of it. Yeah, a few years ago, they did three novelizations, uh, The Killing Joke, then Mad Love, and then Court of Owls. In oh, which... yes. Okay. I, I did know about that. I, okay. I, but, I, but no, I didn't read it. Yeah. Those three. 
Killing Joke wasn't very good, I didn't think. Uh, Mad Love surprised me because it expanded this story and it did a very good job of it. And it probably helped that it was with Paul Dini. Um, mm-hmm. And then Court of Owls, I thought was my favorite of the three because it kind of was a, it was like a prequel. Um, and it was original. It wasn't retelling the Snyder story. So those are th- two of those three I would highly recommend. And if you're a completist, then yeah, go ahead and get the Killing Joke one. But the the Mad Love novel itself I thought was great. And then actually a couple years ago, uh, I'm going to try the name. I looked it up. And uh, what I came, what I heard was by Stepjin Sajic uh, yeah. wrote and illustrated Harleen, a black label story. And that was my favorite book of 2019. I actually just reread that um, last month, maybe. Um, love it. Fantastic story. So if you need some more Harley Quinn, track down Harleen, whatever you do, because that is a great story. And it is, I mean, almost like a more mature uh, retelling of Mad Love, but it definitely is its own thing as well. It's not a direct copy of that. It kind of goes for the same themes. And of course, Dr. Harleen Quinzel, um, turning into a uh, Harley Quinn. So def- those are recommended readings. Ta-da! So let's get started into this story. Cause this story is definitely known as mad love is Harley Quinn's origin. Yep. I think it's in, that's, what's great too, is that it was so definitive in this team creating the story that I just kind of feel like that's her origin. Don't try something else. That is her origin. Um, and so I think this book is highly held in high regard for that because, I mean, as Dini had even said, like he did not have the idea of what Harley is, like what she is now, what she was in this story when she debuted in that episode of the Joker's favor. Um, mm-hmm. The forward here even said, oh, let's see. Version of Harley Quinn. Originally created Har- Harley as a sideline character in the Batman the Animated Series episode, Joker's Favor. Later, I saw in her the chance to tell a story about her past that would lift her up from being just another goon in a funny suit. Uh, the fact that Harley felt affection for the Joker was bizarre. Adding the idea that she had once been a therapist made it tragic. So you even commented about like good stories ending in tragedy and stuff, and that's the tragic element of this. Yeah. Um, we will get to, because this is the Batman book club, we will get to Batman's importance in the story, even though this is a Harley Quinn story. Batman is definitely key and crucial to the story. So without question, also it's called the Batman Adventures, Mad Love. So, I mean, it's not too far of a stretch, but we'll emphasize him. But I know we're going to talk a lot about Harley and uh, Joker. So why don't you go ahead and take it away where you want to start start first? Um, well, I did want to comment that I, I have read Harley and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't reread it in a while, but I've been meaning to. I, ended up bought, I bought it for my cousin a couple years ago for Christmas because um, I know she's a big Harley Quinn fan. And I was like, oh, like you're you're going to love this. Uh, and she ended up, uh, ended up, <laughs> I think that was the same night that uh, my friend's ex-boyfriend showed up with like all kinds of different uh, liquor that we ended up drinking. So oh. then, like the next, so the next, so like the Christmas, that was Christmas Eve, the Christmas morning, I, uh, we were all like eating breakfast very slowly, of course. <laughs> and I was and like, like get, you, uh... get around, kids. Here's Harleen, <laughs> page one. I was like, did you, did you like the book? And she was like, yeah, I literally read it on the couch while you all were drinking. And I told you that I loved it. And I was like, 
I don't remember any of that. <laughs> um, um, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so, good. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. I am not having a good day so far. Yeah, <laughs> but Merry Christmas. But anyway, um, but yeah, I um, I you know, like you said, it's kind of the definitive origin for Harley for Harley Quinn, and and I love that it. No matter what. Uh, has happened with Harley. It's sort of always been her origin. It was her origin in Suicide Squad, in uh, the Batman, the the animated series, the Batman. Paul Dini actually wrote that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from like two thousand five or six, seven, something like that. Season four. Um, yes. Okay. Um, and I and I loved that episode. Um, and and even uh, in oh gosh, what was I thinking? The, the Harley Quinn animated show as well. You know, it was slightly adapted uh, there as well. Um, and and it's just so that aspect of it has always stuck with me because it's like, you know, like like Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered, you know, like Harley Quinn with the therapist turned evil, you know, well, not evil, but, you know, turned into a, like a bad guy. But it's like, hey, if, if the origin ain't broke, don't don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I have read stuff that I think there was a book called I think it was called Breaking Glass. It was like a YA novel a couple of years ago. And I read about it and I was, and I was looking at it going, like, it sounds kind of interesting, but you know, you already, you know, the Harley's origin is fine the way it is. You know, this, this one was a little bit different, her being like a teen activist and Joker kind of got, I don't even think Batman's in it, to be honest with you, but I, I don't know. But I never read it. I just read about it. Regardless, uh, <laughs> but uh, the character has always stuck with me, and I just I love the uh, that the book does feel like an episode of the TV show, you know, mm-hmm. like and and obviously that was by design, but um, it you know it it just has such a like a I don't know it it feels like it's always been there kind of a feeling, you know what I mean, like. That's yeah. the, that's that's the best. That's part why of... I don't know when I first read it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it's and, always and been there. I I love the uh, I love the idea of the the Batman villains that have been created in the past, you know, 30, 20, 10 years. The ones that have stuck around are the ones that feel like they've always been there. Like, you know, Jeff Parker had Harley Quinn in his Batman sixty six comic, mm-hmm. and 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 he had Bane in that comic as well. Neither one of them were around in the 60s, but they fit so seamlessly into Batman's world no matter what that you're like, oh, man, like they, they've always been there, haven't they? Even though like your logical brain is going, well, no, because Bane, you know, Bane and Harley were actually created around the same time, actually, right? Like in the in the early 90s. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and and I love that the 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 book, like I said, it's just so simple. It's, it's very straightforward. It's Harley telling kind of retelling her origin and then thinking you know what like if i just kill batman you know then you know joker and i can be together and it's it's just such a you know you can tell the 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 synopsis of the story in like two or three sentences and then but the story is just so layered and deep and and it's you know like i said it's, it's stuck with me all these years just going and like you know it's i mean it's it's classic you know i mean that's that's the best word for it isn't it <laughs> yeah and so 
A strength in it for sure is definitely that it feels like a continuation or it feels like uh, another episode. I mean, I know now we do have the episode, but at the time it felt like another episode of the animated series. You can hear it now. You can hear Mark Hamill voicing Joker. You can hear Arlene Sorkin voicing Harley. You can hear Kevin Conroy, RIP, voicing Batman. Like those, it's just great. I I love that element because the art is is lifted from the show. Okay, so now add to it too this character of Harley Quinn, who, I mean, fans instantly fell in love with in the animated series. Uh, she got like her role grew and so she just became like a constant there with joker and Deanie doubled down on her tragic backstory in which what we get here now before we even get the explanation of where like how it happened this is like this is my harley quinn this is my favorite version of harley quinn and i think for every single reason that i like the short little part that i just read that Deanie forwarded in the sense of there is something bizarre in how she can be obsessed and in love with the Joker obsessed over him. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's bizarre and how that can happen. The like before it even gets to that part, he talks about how, you know, it's happened to me. It's probably happened to you. Um, you will meet that one special person who will put their fist through your heart. Uh, <laughs> like mad love is when you fall so passionately for a person particularly the wrong person that nothing else in the world matters um like that's that's the basis of this harley and it's fascinating to me not because of like that he showing joker being entertained by her and you can see like in his way of like he does i think he does love harley quinn mm-hmm. and then the times that you know she he can like as he does in this book, like he's basically he's done with her and he's over her. And then, you know, she is like sad puppy dog of like, oh, she disappointed him. And then he can flip it at times. And when she's like had enough, she's like, no, I'm through with you and I'm done. And we saw this in the animated series, too. Like when she basically cuts that cord from him and is off, that's like that's when he becomes infatuated with her. So it's like this really strange back and forthness between the two. And then when they are together and are getting along, they do complement each other so well that it's just like Dini, he nailed, he nailed a relationship for that show that I think is kind of everlasting. Harley has gone her own direction, you know, probably the past 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor both have done their version to massive success. And that's kind of where Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is right now as well. Um, I find that part fun, but I think the strength of Harley is definitely in her relationship with Joker. We don't see happy fun times with the two in this story. No. (laughs) Instead, it's like yet again, there's a booby trap that failed. The, it was too joker's idea and plan at the dentist office opening at the dentist office for gordon it was too simple for batman batman foiled the plan and then joker's just stretched stressed out because he's burned out because he just can't think of a plan to take down batman and he's had enough with harley because harley's just kind of pushing it and he just drags her down the warehouse and, and gives her the boot and that's where she like you said she's like it's batman it's always been batman so she needs to now think of how to remove batman from the equation um you know i 
Oh, oh sorry, go ahead. You I really love that aspect of the story to the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, in, in this being, you know, again, the, the origin of Harley and early days, Harley really, uh, you know, I love where the character has gone, but, but yeah, there is, there is something great about the idea that he was, you know, she was just this like lovesick puppy dog that got manipulated by the Joker. And, and, and I love the idea that, you know, she, she needs to blame somebody and who, who's to blame for all the bad things that have happened to her? Well, obviously the it's not Batman. the Joker. Yeah. So but like, it, it can't be the Joker. She loves the Joker. It, so it has to be Batman. And, and, and I, I, I love rereading that and, and just feeling like, like, you know, you just want to go, Oh honey, you know, <laughs> Like uh, was it that How I Met Your Mother episode with uh, Katy Perry? You know what I'm talking about? Oh my goodness! Where, um, they they he, we can't remember her name. We just remember always going, "Oh, honey." Oh, honey. Uh, <laughs> so I I felt like that way with with Harley a little bit because you know she, it's it's inferred in the book that you know she didn't um she didn't get her good grades by studying real hard. You know she kind of slipped her way to the top there and it's and, and again so it's like okay so she didn't so she, you know like batman even says it right he's like oh she was no saint even when she was younger you know so it's like she didn't she was uh probably smart but not like super smart like she could you know so she could be manipulated by the joker so there's a believability to that story that i really enjoyed um feeling like like okay, like you know, like like you said earlier about Paul Dini, it's like we, we all know somebody that's been, you know, that you know has you know put their fist through our hearts, and I think it, by the same token, we also know somebody who, uh, you know, because I feel like I've watched it happen with with friends I know, not just not just women, you know, going like you know, like this guy's kind of a jerk, or this this girl's kind of a jerk, and they're like, no, it's fine, you know, like you know, oh, they're not like that when you're not around, kind of a feeling, and it's like, oh, honey. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think what else can add to that. She, it's just I think there's something about. I mean, the core of this is like the mad love, as Dini's going for, and the manipulation of Joker, and why he seeks out this particular person as his project, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's what our backstory is, and I mean, but that's. Harley, right out of you no, know, right out of school, goes to Arkham, and of course, as when you're younger, you know you are walking with walking with purpose, and <laughs> you can see that everybody else is tired at their job, but you're like, but things are going to be different because I'm here, and she's right. got that hope and optimism that she's going to get to the Joker, and Joker's opening up to her, so it's like she is special. She's going to crack this code, make a name for herself. This Dr. Quinn. Uh, all of that adds up. All these things that he's sharing with her. I mean, I love those sessions because, of course, it's it's right on part. You can hear Mark Hamill's Joker with all this dialogue. Yeah. And it's, it's such a true element to the character of manipulation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a key factor of Joker is his manipulation as well as his chaos. He's very methodical in manipulation. That's the Joker that I believe in, at least. Yeah. Um, their character trait of him. That 
he just I don't know there's and I love the the going back and forth origin to present origin to present you know uh throughout the story till they get the whole thing and it and it does flow well there's no hiccups it's not taking too long to get there it's not twisting and turning like it is it's so crazy to me that it can be so kind of like blunt but not uh but still like heavy yeah um but like in a in a fun way not a, like a heavy way of just like oh my god i had to put the book down because you know i, I just couldn't keep going that sort of way it's like just right. deep, so much weight to the story but yet it's not trying to you know uh overreach either especially with characters in a world that's already established at this point like the mm-hmm. series has already had already been on for over a year um by the time this comic came out so it's like they had their hands you know well they'd already kind of like at that point i feel like definitely perfected their craft of this batman world so all they could do is really screw it up and instead (laughs) they elevate and make maybe one of their most popular pieces of that whole world (laughs) in the medium that they weren't even doing like they weren't messing with with the comics uh because bruce timid even mentioned that too and well paul dini had of kind of like nervous that like almost like expecting that they were going to fail with this comic and stuff so it's a well-balanced 64 page story and that just flows yeah oh yeah totally i I, what i what i love about it is that even way before because i remember reading it before it was it was adapted uh into the into the actual show and 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 feeling like like oh well this is this is canon like this this is how it happened yeah, you know, and 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 feeling like okay, well, th- this makes a lot of sense, and and really feeling like well, this, you know, th- there was a there was a reality to it that I really enjoyed, and um, and I've never, and by the way, that that, that phrase that the Joker says when he was talking about his his father says pops tended tended to favor the great, you see, like I, I I didn't know what that meant when I was a kid. Uh, you know, obviously later kind of figured it out. Uh, but it, it's funny because I've never heard it described that way ever again <laughs> by anyone else. Um, uh, and like, like man, people come up with such unique ways to describe like, oh, they're that person's an alcoholic. Um, I remember in the Crisis on Earth X episode of uh, or it crossover with the Arrowverse shows, uh, Flash is talking to Supergirl, and he says. He's like, wow, your sister's tipping the elbow pretty hard there. And I was like, I was like, where, where the hell do all these phrases come from? <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard these before in my life. And and I haven't heard it since. Um, like tipping the elbow or pops tended to favor the grape. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> like I, I get what you mean, and I get why you're saying it that way, because obviously they it that that particular phrasing passed standards and practices, because that that direct line is in the animated episode as well. Um and but uh, but going you know but going back to the story like it, it feeling real I I liked the idea that you know you, you really kind of buy into what Harley's doing at first you know it's you know like okay like she wants to she you know she's begging pleading to interview the Joker she finally gets to and then she's like I was ready for anything and he's like you know my dad used to beat me up pretty bad she's like oh wow anything but that mm-hmm. and. And I, and I remember reading it at the time, feeling like, even then, going, no, 
he's lying, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, because, because again, I, I don't think I knew it at the time. I don't think I'd read Killing Joke when I was like, you know, eight or nine years old, but, um, um, uh, I hope I didn't, <laughs> um, oh, <Lord>. but <laughs> I might explain a few things, huh? um, yeah. but seriously, <laughs> um, but feeling like I, I like it when the Joker's origin is ambiguous and, and finding out later that Batman says everything he told you was a lie. Um, and how that like really like breaks Harley, you know, she's like, well, no, because he told me things he's never told anyone else. And he's like, Oh, was it the one about, you know, the, you know, him being a, a runaway? Was it about the abusive mom or, or, you know, the alcoholic dad or whatever. And, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, and again, just feeling like, and then, you know, people like reading it going like, I think he's lying. None of that happened to him. And then when Batman kind of confirms it, still feeling really bad for Harley, going, oh, this this poor kid just, you know, she was just, you know, trying to, you know, she wasn't doing it necessarily the right way, but she was trying to make a name for herself. Mm-hmm. And she really got screwed over big time by, you know, Gotham's most notorious criminal, you know. <laughs> so all of that in the end, so the the joke that's great, of course, is the death of a hundred smiles mm-hmm. freaking clever as hell yeah expect nothing less from paul dini and that harley does this entire setup on her own all yeah. to get the approval of joker one thing right there to get the approval of someone is something that everybody can relate to at some point in their life is trying to get the approval win somebody over etc um, so it's like you can understand that of wanting to get someone's attention, make someone proud and such. And someone for her who's infatuated with Joker, it's like that's what she's longing for because mm-hmm. she's in they're in bad graces and she's trying to make it better. So the fact of first of all, how she sells it and getting Batman to that pier, how she sells it to have a, a cardboard cutout of Joker talking and firing a gun, because comics. Um <laughs> of course. And then she ends up sticking a dart in Batman's neck and hangs him upside down at the Aquacade. More on that in a second. And mm-hmm. the whole plan is like, I know how to get the piranhas to smile. You get Batman upside down. And so that whole setup, and then she did it all. I think like, man, Paul Dini, like no wonder people just love it when you're involved with Batman. I just yeah. think that that's like, it's so, <laughs> it's fun. But it's like the dark sense of humor that we were expecting with the show when it comes to Joker, you know? Um, yeah. And then for in the how Batman talks, brings up all these points with Joker. And then at that reveal revelation, you know, Joker gets pissed off because to me, it's just like jealousy and his ego gets in the way because she's yeah. able to pull it off. And then it is true when you have to explain a joke either side of it it ruins it yeah so he's you know he's got a point there that it's not funny if you have to explain it to me and a classic battle of batman joker in which batman then uses it and i love this part so much and how he even how he does tell joker confesses that basically like i want to get the words fully correct and what he says to her of she almost had me you know arms and legs chained my belt gone Dizzy from the blood rushing to my head. I had no way out other than convincing her to call you. 
I knew your massive ego would never allow anyone else the honor of killing me. Though I have to admit, she came a lot closer than you ever did. Pudding. And can you hear Kevin Conroy with the pudding yeah. line? So, so <laughs> good. Um, and, and that was the thing with Kevin Conroy is that he could say one word, like literally one word as Batman. And mm-hmm. it and it could it, it would have like five layers to it. You know, I mean, he, you know, he, he was a classically trained actor, of course. Um, but you know, and, and something like that where he's like he knows he's pushing his buttons and he knows he's pissing him off and he's mm-hmm. just having the time of his life. Um and, and even same with Harley earlier when uh when he laughs at her and it's it's so funny, like it's slightly off topic. Uh but um so you know, um like a lot of us, I, I collect a lot of Batman. Funko Pops and action figures, and I have them just a lot of them displayed in my living room. And my daughter, who's three, she's I, I don't know where she got it from, but she'll start asking me, like, how this character laughs? How does this Batman laugh? She'll point to like the White Knight Batman. How does he laugh? She'll point to like the Three Jokers Batman. How does he laugh? And she points to like the, and I try to go, ha ha, ha ha ha, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just like trying to play along with her. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, when we get to the Batman who laughs, she's like, "How does how does the laughing Batman laugh?" And I'll try my best to imitate Conroy laughing at Harley. You mm-hmm. know, but <laughs> you know, just and you know, and I love that she's just she's like, "I don't think I've ever heard you laugh before. That's really scary." And you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, don't laugh anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but you know, it's uh, but you know, getting back on topic, it's just it's just so funny thinking like. Um, you know, on, on that, on, well, on another, on another uh, section on that is thinking, man, I would have loved it if Conroy got to play the Batman who laughed. I'm super bummed that he never got that, um, because I think he would have had a blast with it. But, uh, but regardless, uh, so I think about when I think about the Batman who laughs, I think about Conroy from this comic and from the, the episode, just laughing so maniacally. And scaring the hell out of Harley and thinking, like, man, like, he, like, Batman for, it's the best time, it's also part of, like, what makes the Batman story great. When Batman can just be badass without even having to do anything, really. You know, like, he's just hanging upside down, he's about to die, and then he's like, I know how to get out of this. There's one way out of this. And then, and then even, like, exactly. His biggest superpower. And even when the Joker tries to get away from him and lands on the train, which is like physically impossible, but <laughs> it's still a cool visual. You um, know what? You better suspend disbelief right now, JJ. <laughs> well, I, but I've always loved it, you know, when, you know, Joker's just laughing, you're like, nah, 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 and Batman's just behind him. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm here. I've been here the whole time. You know, it's just like, it's, it's that kind of stuff that, um, they didn't really do in the old movies. So when the Nolan movies started incorporating Batman just disappearing when somebody wasn't looking, I was like, finally, they're doing it. That's one of my favorite Batman things is when he just appears and disappears. It's so cool. And you're going to love me. So, yeah, I mean, just. I agree with you capping off of like that i think is such a strong moment at the end there because in the end it does reinforce how i think batman's fully telling the truth he's using his wits to get out of the trap from harley 
And then he's mm-hmm. using it. That's his weapon to trigger Joker. But yep. I've always believed that, like, he's telling the truth there, too. Mm-hmm. Of, like, she really did almost have me. I was chained, yeah. blood rushing to my head. I was getting dizzy. There was no way out. Other Like, if his mouth was covered, he'd have been doomed. Right. So I think it does reinforce of, like, and you do, you end up feeling sympathy for Harley Quinn. At least I do. Um, Through all this, I never saw her as this, you know, oh, this freaking villain, you know, take her down or anything either. Because it's like, she's a perfect case of Batman sees her and he does see a chance at redemption. Yeah. A chance at, she can be cured. She's just stuck in this web that the Joker has her in. Um. And I think that that keeps at least this version of Harley Quinn, like that keeps her interesting and that keeps her. um, I I think like endless possibilities in a way with her stories. And then, I mean, and I'm not even talking about, of course the Arlene Sorkin's performance of like that did a huge part in it too, because that's the voice that, you know, reading this, I heard her voice um, in doing this and everything. So I think that that redemption, I mean, that not redemption, but at the end, that revelation of like that she almost had himself, I think it just plays on so much. It it speaks volumes. And so that's why I really think that's a great um, moment at the end. And then, of course, the end end, the big, oh, my gosh, is like you think that Harley has seen the light. And then Joker gets one last little hook in her with another with a little flower in a vase, kind of how he got her the first time. Right. You know, right. Says, feel better soon. Jay. And I love all of that as she's just, you know, like I, I will. And you know, how did it feel to be so dependent on a man that you'd give up everything for him, gaining nothing in return. It felt like, and then she sees it. And he's like, it felt like a kiss. And it's like, ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. It, round and round we go. It's, it's that, uh, it, you know, that, that kind of like you just want to like shake her like like he's bad news what's the matter no, with you like, what are you doing <laughs> you know um and because i know you know because you know we've all known somebody like that we've all been that person you know like you know i remember being uh you know in in high school just being just like i don't know like just stupid and like a girl could look at me and go, hey, can I borrow a pencil? And I'd be like, oh, my God, I think she loves me. You know, you can have <laughs> all my pencils. <laughs> so it's OK. I know we're supposed to you. We're not supposed to use pens in math class, but I will use a pen because you can have my only pencil. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, and, it, and it does make the, the story really tragic in that way. And and again, uh, believable. Um, because it's it's not a feeling of. And like I said, I like that Harley's kind of gotten away from that. And we, you know, Harley's kind of her own character now. Like, I remember Sam Humphreys, uh, when he was writing Harley Quinn, he said that he always thought of her as like Bugs Bunny. Like you could put her in any situation and she'll fit. And I always thought that was kind of a fun way to describe her. And when I was rereading this, I thought, you know, what? that's really funny because I definitely think of her that way now. Like she's definitely like the the DC equivalent, like uh, equivalent to like a Deadpool or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, but I do have a, a soft spot in my heart for when she was the, you know, the, the Joker's, you know, hint girl and she was at his beck and call. And because there was something kind of cute and fun about her, like the, that episode you were talking about before Joker's favor. Um, 
you know, she gets she gets a lot to do in, in that episode, you know. Um, and I love when, you know, she tries to like get away from Batman, and he and he handcuffs her, and she says, "Oh boy, beauty school is looking kind of good right now." <laughs> you know, like she's yeah. always had these like fun little bits, and uh, and I I just I you know, and I and I remember thinking like, like man, like what a great character, and. And to see where she is now, that's awesome too, from like a feminist point of view, like standing up against your abuser, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm not trying to downplay anybody's <laughs> story there, but uh, I, I love all that. But there is but there is kind of a soft spot for the, for the origin story, for the, yeah, like when she was just, you know, mad, madly in love with the Joker. And I love that uh, the first episode of Harley Quinn really showed that, right? The, mm-hmm. the animated series, when she... You know, she was locked in Arkham, and she was like, "Any day now, the Joker's coming to get me." And like, yeah. and like months go by, and he doesn't. And it was that kind of story where I just I remember watching that, going, "Man, like, I love that they're acknowledging that they're acknowledging that there is this troubled history with the character. It makes perfect sense, and it just, you know, because there's like we're like we've been saying, there's a reality to it. We all either have been that person, know that person, whatever. That's just you just want to." You know, hit him on the back of the head and go, dude, like <laughs> you're in a bad situation. You, you got to get the hell out of here. Um, and, you know, and, and who would have known 30 years ago that this is where Harley's journey would have come? I definitely wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, and, and that even leading to like her friendship with Poison Ivy and, and all that stuff, uh, which has always also been really great. Um, and it just goes to show how, how much, like you were saying about Paul Dini, he might as well have created Batman because he knows not just Batman, but the world so well that this character can transcend the animated series into the comic books and then into, you know, live action into the video games. And it just, it's almost weird if she's not involved, you know, like when they announced the, the Joker sequel and they said, I, I, I'm not hundred percent sure how to say it. Follow adieu, um, I guess. I don't know if I'm fully right. you do. Fully you do. Sure. <laughs> I didn't take brain Sounds in good. high school. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, which I guess translates to madness for two. And so, of course, we're all like, oh, it's going to be Harley Quinn. Like, they're going to do her story in the in the Joker sequel. That's kind of cool. And uh, so I'm looking forward to how they include her in that in, in whatever way. Um you know, just like I loved, you know, I mean, Suicide Squad, <laughs> let's face it, it's not a great movie, but um, but I loved Margot Robbie, the, the way she played the character, because she felt like she just jumped out of mm-hmm. out of the animated series, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, that's probably quick. Perfect. I'm excited. I'm on board, you know. Um, and again, it's, you know, feeling that reality to it. Like, okay, like, I, I get where this character's coming from. And I'm glad that she's grown past it, but ha- but still having these stories around, I go, man, like I I do kind of miss that this is where she started. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I do too. Uh, this is more this is more my jam than, damn, like I said, the Palmiotti and Amanda Connors version. But I'm not gonna sit there and like crap on that either. Because I mean, the I was reading that for a while, a while and I was entertained. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think this this was just the character's introduction, and because, like we've said, they 
knocked the origin out of the park that kind of like you said it just kind of feel she was almost instant canon she's always been around even though we know that she hasn't um a few uh moments i'd like to mention and and point out that are just like nothing but like fun little nuggets um Mm -hmm. definitely when harley shows up at arkham for the first time uh there is a nod to Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, and Kevin Altieri. Uh, oh yeah, the, th- yeah. <laughs> the three guys that speak die. That's that's Paul Dini. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I can't I can't think of which one. I almost want to say the one that says the creature, the creature, is Bruce Tim, and then get out of here is Kevin Altieri. Uh-huh. Um, that's a fun little touch. Yeah. When Harley does the batman or not batman uh joker basically like telling about facing off with batman there's one of him falling into chemicals so of course that's a nod to either the killing joke or batman 89 whichever one you want to um mm-hmm. of, you know that's a nod to one of his origins uh right. the uh, the aquacade that the death of a hundred smiles takes place was actually meant as where tim and dini talked and hashed out this origin story was at a restaurant that they went to that was the the quote-unquote definition of tacky they used the (laughs) setting as a inspiration for the aquacade and then Mm -hmm. there's when harley's first fantasy of life with mr j mr j and they have the they have the kids they're sitting at home. Joker's in the recliner reading the paper while she's in the kitchen and the two kids are just raising raising a ruckus around the house. I do yep. love that one. The little Harley says, Daddy, JJ's poisoning me. <laughs> yeah. Classic I, JJ's. Am I right? I know, right? And then also you see the silhouette in which smart of them to do it in silhouette, but there's just enough to see that that's Babs and Buster Bunny from Tiny Toons being yeah. hung in the back. Um, I love that little um, that little nugget. And then him, he uh, he comments on it in the back. The, the original... So, Harley in her nightgown, uh, it had to be red. Could not be like a see-through or anything like that to, right. to get through. And then she says, oh, come on, Puddin, don't you want to rev up your Harley? The original pose for that, I think, probably seemed a little bit more risque, if you will. Mm-hmm. She, the original pose is that she's almost like leaning back on the Harley, but I think I do get the point of what he says in this. That's kind of like the only thing he had to change in all of this was just yeah. changing her pose in which you can get the the pose that made the the cut i mean they both marked the same thing um <laughs> we know what's happening there <laughs> we know what's going on we know about harley's harley's one uh, <laughs> i think those were like the last things that i really wanted to point out uh you know it's it's funny you mentioned the you know jj's poisoning me because it's the first time that jj's been mentioned in <laughs> in animated batman because in Batman mm-hmm. Beyond Return of the Joker, he called the Tim Drake Joker JJ. Um, Look at that. Your future is not looking good, man. <laughs> I know. We started this off with my murder. and Yeah. <laughs> it's just, 
or I'm going to go crazy. Oh, my God. It's all bad. Uh, <laughs> I had a great time on the show today, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all that matters. But I, I will say that um, I love the way the book does the uh, – the you know the her fantasy and like they have the the Batman head on the wall I think it's yeah. really funny. Um, I I I always like that because in uh, the the first Suicide Squad movie when they see visions of what they really want, because Harley had said normal setting on the dryer, and you see her like in her vision hitting normal, and she looks like a normal person. Jared Leto looks more like himself as opposed to the Joker, and they have a little family. I was like. I remember the first time seeing that thinking, man, I wish they had done it like they did in Mad Love, where they still looked like Harley and Joker, you know, living a normal life. Because I think that juxtaposition is is funnier and less jarring than just seeing Margot Robbie look like herself and Jared Leto look like himself. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just, I, I, you know, that scene is effective, don't get me wrong, but um, I just thought, well, clearly David Ayer was taking inspiration from Mad Love, but I would have just gone full Mad Love and have the Joker still look like the Joker and not look like Jared Leto. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, moving right along, JJ. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some favorites. What was your favorite part? Or what is your favorite part of Mad Love? I, I thought a lot about this. Because uh, I didn't want to mention something that's in the book. Um, so I will say that my favorite part is that part where she's fantasizing about their future. And huh. and even because it just, there's something so cute about it. Um, but I do want to give an honorable mention because I think it's better in the book than in the adaptation. When she, uh, when she breaks Joker out of Arkham and he kind of... He just he starts to chuckle and he gets more and more chuckly as you know gets into a bigger laugh as the um, as the scene goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like in the animated series, she breaks him out and he's just like cracking up in the car. Um, I I was like I was like I really liked how it was done in the book where it just kind of progresses you know up and up uh, from <laughs> you know yeah. you know Joker uh, laugh. Um, Daddy, stop but, laughing uh, again. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of a she's a hilarious kid. She, she watches Nightmare Before Christmas, and I'm like, or even yeah. like uh, a couple other. All movies, kids should. Like, well, I'm just like, I'm like, how are you not scared of this? Like, I was terrified of this when I was a little kid. <laughs> uh, I don't think I saw it until I was in high school. But the but oh, the geez. trailer is when I was a kid. I was like, that's scary. I'm not watching that. That's too scary. No, no, I don't know. Girls, girls are more mature than boys, I guess. She's I on know. the right path. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, all right. Um, mine is the ending when Batman tells tells Joker that she almost had him, that she almost got him. You know, <laughs> could have been, been an almost got him moment. Um, because I think, in addition to everything that I've already said about that scene, um, that part, like it's also it's a perfect like joke. Yeah, you know, Joker, the <laughs> jokes on you, Joker. She had me, yeah, and then you screwed it up. Like, it's just a good, it's a great joke that's told on the Joker, which really infuriates him even more, and all that. So, and I think with a scene without Harley even in it, 
and they're talking about her. It's like the scene is all about her and it yeah. like elevates her um, yep. as like she is smarter than he gives her credit for. Um, and I, I mean, and just the it's just a base of like it's a character, you know, this character of that Dini has created and the stories and you know, how is she even in the picture and why and all that stuff too. It's like he gives, he just gave a lot of depth to the character. And I think that's like a really great moment. And yeah, like I just said of like, and in the end, it's like, it's a great punchline um, on the Joker making, you know, right. making him the fool. I think that that's just like, perfect. That's funny. Uh, how about yeah. a favorite panel? Um, I, you know, again, another one that that's not in the, in the episode, uh one one that i really really love that one that's always stuck with me is when joker's driving all pissed off to the the aquacade and and he imagines penguin Two-Face and riddler making fun of him Mm -hmm. um i i always love that it just the the visual of it and and the idea that like maybe these guys are kind of friends and joker doesn't want to like look like look like a fool in front of all of them um I I think is so is so cool and clever, um, and and again, like I I kind of wish that had been adapted into the show. You know, wouldn't that be cool to hear Paul Williams, Richard Mole, and John Glover saying all that stuff? Um, but I I love I love it in the book, feeling like, you know, this is how, kind of, you know, but then this is how whacked out the Joker is that he genuinely thinks all of them are going to go. Oh yeah, Joker couldn't do it though. Uh, you know, Mr. Harley Quinn or whatever, you know. Uh, but I love the idea that it could go both ways, couldn't it? Like, maybe they would make fun of him because she did it over him, and, or maybe they would just be pissed that they didn't get to kill Batman, you know? <laughs> yeah, you could just hear Joker being too, like, Harley, you're gonna make me look like a boob in front of my friends, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, image. I like that. My favorite actually is uh, just two pages later. Um, him bursting through the doors and yelling Harley. Mm. I think you can like that's just another image. That's a great image from Tim. Um, colored well, playing with that noir look, the whole approach to the animated series. Like that's just like ah, uh, look, it just looks great. It's, it's worthy it's, of the full page. Yeah, it's scary too. You know, like like oh my god, like he's like you know what's higher than pissed off that's what he is you know <laughs> yeah i don't know but i mean great i mean it's just a great art from bruce tim throughout and everything and yeah there are other pages that look really good but that one just really stands out to me because like i always say on the show but you can get an image where i can create a story around it i don't need any other context those are ones that i like a lot and yeah that's mm-hmm. definitely one because he's always on Harley or Harley, you know, oh, Joker's pissed off again. And this one catches <laughs> her off guard and she's a little like, you know, looking over her shoulder. And um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, this is the point of the show where I ask JJ, would you like to see Batman Mad Love adapted in animation? But we already did that. Uh, <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the like briefly? We're not going to break it down, obviously, but they adapted this into an episode of television what do you think about that i it's it's a it's a go-to for me it's it's one of my top 10 um but but like i said my only critique of it is that i i really wish it it had been in in the previous animation style because i 
yeah. I'll never I'll never understand the decision to give Joker black eyes and no red lips. It's just such a weird look for him. Although I will say that having the Joker say, May the floss be with you. <laughs> yes. Is it's so freaking hilarious. Um you know, and and because that's not in the in the book. I don't remember what he says when they when they run out. Um but uh but you, you gotta know that like when they were re- when they were writing it to be adapted, like Paul Dini, because Paul Dini wrote that episode, obviously, you you figure that like at this point, obviously, they know it's Mark Hamill and they're gonna mess with him and say, "All right, hey Mark, check out the script," you know. <laughs> I I mean I love it, and I guess I'm. It's been a while since I have read the book and then immediately put play, pressed play on the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just continues to surprise me each time of how they pretty much literally adapted the entire story into an episode. Um, which I guess makes sense because they weren't struggling for content because it was a 64 page comic fitting into a 22 minute episode. Yeah. So that's at least good because mm-hmm. a 22 minute or a 22 page issue in a 22 minute episode okay you need to come up with some new content then but right. this is just because it's like they were they were given everything so i'm yeah my only nitpick is kind of like what you said and i think is almost any episode of the new batman adventures of i wish that it looked like the batman the animated series yeah um, but that was you know, a decision made by people who are a lot richer than everybody else. So, you know, whatever, because those stories are still good. Most yeah, well, Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I love Mad the new love is, And Mad Love, I think, is definitely... I think that episode is beloved because of the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, otherwise, I think it would receive some of the, I mean, fair, I guess, criticisms, because it's always going to be held, because it's a continuation of that universe. Um, right. It's compared to the animated series um, and the drawbacks would be in the look, except for Harley. Harley looks pretty much the same. And I like that. But yeah, I I, I mean, going off top, the episode, I do love the episode. I think it's great. And hashtag Team Yellow Oval. Um, hashtag will, Team Yellow Oval. I will always be hashtag Team Yellow Oval. And I hope that the Brave and the Bold Batman uh, movie, I hope he has the Yellow Oval because... Because come on, damn it! Where, where's my where's my damn yellow oval? I mean, I guess Keaton's gonna have it in the flash, but you know, I know. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh boy! All right. Well, hey, um, JJ, I want to thank you for coming back on for this romantic discussion on Mad Love. People, yeah. I can already feel it. People are swooning over this episode. I I certainly hope so because you know it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't come on this show for nothing, you know. I mean, that's right. He, everybody, he was expensive. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's gonna set me back a few months, but um, but that's okay because love is in the air and love is in our ears, in Aww. your ears, as as they listen to us chat about this book. So yes, thank you for coming back on the show, and why don't you take this moment now to plug away anything and everything where people can follow you. Uh, yes, so you can follow me on Twitter at 4ComicJunkies. That's F-O-R Comic Junkies. Uh, also the podcast 4ComicJunkies. Um, you can also follow my other show, which is uh, the Spider-Man Book Club, 
which I uh, shamelessly ripped off of uh, Lauer's format here. Uh, we do everything exactly the same. I even do the I even do the welcome to the Spider-Man book club at the beginning. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, Son of a bitch. Actually, side note, I because I remember thinking I wanted to do that, and I texted you and I said, "Hey, so I'm thinking about doing a Spider-Man book club, but I don't want to feel like I'm ripping you off." Or you, what do you, what do you think? And you were just like, "That sounds fine. I don't care at all." <laughs> I said, "Go to hell, JJ." Like, I'll kill you. Son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, uh, so four comic junkies and the Spider-Man book club you can find um, anywhere you get your podcasts. So please uh, check those out as I work really hard on them. And uh, Ryan's actually been on uh, quite a few episodes of the four comic junkie show. It was talk some Green Lantern, talk Doomsday Clock, talked mm-hmm. Lego Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> is there another one I'm missing, or is that all, that all of them? Uh, we did. We talked Long Halloween too. Oh my god! How do I forget that? I forgot that I talked about the Long Halloween. I'm ashamed. Wow! Wow! Fraud. Um, well, we'll just you, you know, Bill 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 Ramey's gonna kick down your door and take away your Batman card. Yeah, that's what he does. Um, <laughs> as I said at the top of the show about the Batman Podcast Network, I'm trying to pull it up real quick because uh, at least Four Comic Junkies is part of the Batman Podcast Network, is it not? It, it is. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man is not, but the Four Comic Junkie show is part of the ba- Batman Podcast Network, which I love saying yes. at the top there of the show. I feel I feel very important. <laughs> the top of the show. Four Comic Junkie. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> as for the Batman Book Club, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, sometimes even some giveaways. Um, yeah, remember those bracket challenges that come around every March Madness? Well, the third one's coming up soon. It's going to be a doozy, and I'm very stressed out about it. So pay attention <laughs> to uh, the socials for that stuff. Um, if you would like some to dabble in some more content, uh, Frolic with me and my other Frolicker, Peter Arvera, subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel, um, where we are continuing Road to No Man's Land, getting near the end. And then we're going to hop into No Man's Land. But Road to No Man's Land is on there, as well as, um, by far, surprising me the most, um, most viewed video on the that page is my discussion with Tom King. So you can see both of our faces speak words, if you're ever so inclined, on the YouTube. So go ahead and check that out. If you want to write into the show, you can do that at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. Patreon.com slash thebatmanbc tpublic.com type in tbbc for the batman book club and if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all it's 100 a-okay the cheapest quickest and most impactful thing you can do is rate and review the show wherever you listen to it so apple spotify uh, google amazon iHeartRadio, wherever just go to the rate and review portion of that rate and review the show because the more reviews it gets the more it helps spread the word and as we all know the word is panic so, for J.J. Hodges, I am Ryan Lauer, and until next time, read more Batman comics.